Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Double A Podcast. I'm Holden Williamson. Uh, I'm finally back after a long break. Um, in that break, I got COVID, so hopefully that explains a bit of it. Um, yeah, since then, Ajax have lost a few games uh, and drawn a decent amount. Also had a few underwhelming performances, the most recent of which was, um, it, even though it was a win, a win against Kroninga, 3-2 away. Yeah, I mean, it's always tough to play against them, but when they're already relegated and we still have something to play for, it's super disappointing uh, that that we didn't take the opportunity to uh, to really go at them. Although that was interrupted, of course, nine minutes in on, on Sunday when it was supposed to be played uh, as their fans were protesting the board. Uh, now, I, I don't want to make... I, I don't really know all too much about that situation. All I know is that they're not very happy with their board because their board have made some very mediocre signings and they're getting relegated for the first time in a long time. Uh, but... I think that throwing smoke bombs onto the field, yeah, I think there are better ways to protest. I'll say that much. But the 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 morale behind it, I think, or the the eth not ethics or morale, but like the reasoning behind it was one that I can get behind, but. I mean, it's kind of, yeah, especially with how uh, quick the league have been to um, to postpone games and stop games for anything thrown onto the field after the whole incident with uh, Ajax versus Feyenoord, where the Feyenoord fan threw the lighter and it cut open uh, Glasson's head. I mean... It's 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 understandable from both perspectives, I guess, but it's really a sad situation. Uh, not for me because I mean we've always struggled away against Kroninga, and uh, honestly, you know we we in general we've struggled against them in the past, so I'm glad we have to play against them less, but. Um, you know, for their fans and for their players, it's a very sad moment. So I have to understand and respect that. Um, and speaking of that whole Glasson incident uh, in the cup, uh, well, Ajax won that game. Uh, the game after against PSV went about as well as you would have expected from Ajax this season. A decent start. Uh, but then really, really dropped off second half. Uh, and then uh, ad added time. Well, extra time was okay. There were moments. And, uh, yeah, penalties. It's unfortunate. Um, the penalties are always a coin flip. I was very disappointed by some of those penalties though it looked like maybe not all of their effort was given for for some of the players um 
and and that's really disappointing and that's why i've also sort of been advocating for um playing more youth players uh especially at this point in the season where we know that we're not going to be winning any trophies uh, or doing anything of note um i think i think it would be the perfect time to experiment with players like Vos, like holtz like hato all of these guys who you know are coming up through the academy um i think i think it's the perfect time and and they've shown in the games that they have played that they that they truly care um which you know i can't say the same for some of the other players in the first team um a lot of them going on strikes so they can get their big money moves uh stuff like this i mean it's i i understand you want to make your money in the limited time you have but you also don't want to like be you, you don't want to be solely driven by money right because ultimately and i know this is a played out term money is the root of all evil um and that's no different in soccer uh you see Teams that, you know, maybe maybe shouldn't have the money that they have. Uh, and I, I'm not saying I'm the one to determine whether or not they should have money, but uh, money that's coming from maybe nefarious sort of means, you know. It's, it, it's, it's disappointing, but uh, that's the way the game's changing and... That's the way the game's evolved, so not really much you can do. Um, yeah. Uh, Mislintat. That that was uh, Ajax's new appointment as uh, director of football. They finally did it. Um, and hopefully he's going he's gonna to do what um, he promised to do and what Van der Sar failed to do, but... Von der Sar still has a, uh, his role, so it's kind of... Yeah, Von der Sar still has the role that he had before. It's just now we actually have someone to organize the transfers. So I think that it's kind of... I mean, he's not going to willingly give up power. I mean, we've seen that over the past year. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, Mislintat from the things he said and from some of the initiatives that it sounds like he's going to put in place, I am very pleased with that appointment. And I think most Ajax fans are. Um, yeah. And Heitinger, since, since I last had this podcast going, um, really dropped off in form. I mean, and it's a shame because I feel like he has the potential to be a fantastic manager. I feel like we rushed him into it. Um, he he wasn't. It was clear he wasn't ready at Young, uh, and when he came up, he had a few games to start off with that were pretty good, but still, it's it's never reached the amount where with the money that the club has spent on transfers that it really should be um 
like you're spending thirty million on uh, Steven Bergvain. No offense to the guy, but he's not done anything really relevant other than, I mean, he scored one goal in the the cup final, but before that, it was almost no goals since. I'm thinking back on it now. Uh, for 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 months, basically, I can't remember the exact date, but it it was a very long time, and you spent thirty million on him as a club who, you know, for winning the league, you get ten million dollars. Well, euros, euros, um, but that's so that's triple our yearly income at the time. If assuming that we bottle in the Champions League group stages like we normally do, you're barely turning a, a profit on that. And that's in that's excluding a signing like Bass, uh, Bassi, who, you know, I, I still have high hopes for him, but I think that he's really disappointed. Um, it's, it's really been sad because he started off poorly, started to gain form and then the whole Anthony situation happened and then everything sort of started to go downhill um, he's had moments where he's shown immense class uh, and and I really hope he can show that in the future but I don't know if I mean it all depends on who the coach is next year right if we stick with Haitinka I, th I think he can develop, and I think Heitinger can, can develop too, but we don't want to be a development club anymore. We want to actually compete for things. We want to compete for titles. We want to compete for, you know, and I know this sounds like some Looney Tunes sort of dream, but we want to eventually get back to where we once were competing for some of Europe's biggest trophies, which, you know, we did in 2018. We did in 20, well, 2018-19. We did in 2016-17. Beforehand, not as much since, um, since the 90s, but we want to be back where we once were. And I don't know if keeping Heitinga at the moment is really what we need um we need someone and and miss Lindat, he's 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 talking for the first time since uh he's talking about having a foreign manager at ajax for the first time since 1997 i believe morton olsen or 98 um when we had finished fifth in the league so yeah i mean it's 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 a very historic uh it's it's a big point uh for Ajax, you know. Um it, because ultimately if you make the wrong decision, this could continue to spiral out of control. But if you make the right one, I mean the the potential with the squad is very high in my opinion. So, yeah, it, it all depends on Heitinga squad and ultimately who Miss Lintat um, hires and I'm not going to make any judgments on him yet 
but from what he's said and what has been said at the club, there are very positive uh, implications, especially from fan expectations. But yeah, next I'm going to be interviewing uh, with Tim Prena. He's a really big Ajax fan, and uh, uh, so I invited him on my show. And uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Hey, so I'm here with uh, with Tim. Uh, yeah, hi. So um, you know, you've been an Ajax fan for your entire life. Yeah. What was what was your first experience like? Um, I'll guess around the. When Frank de Boer started as a manager, like right before that, so 2009, 2010, when I was eight, nine, I started getting into Ajax. Both my parents weren't really big football fans, so I started because of friends and just my own choice. I started following football, and that's how I got into it. Yeah, and and uh you know since then obviously ajax have had some very uh very high moments some very low moments no. mean um so what what's what's your favorite uh, experience out of those it has to be either real madrid away or the third star one of those two simbion just retired he will forever be a legend it's one of the first real, real, real me- memories I have. Is what is that third star, and that's one of the best moments I remember. Yeah, and uh, and you know, in uh, were were you in person, uh, like in the stadium for the? Third no, star? no, no. What's uh, what's your favorite experience you've had while also in the stadium? I can't say I go that much, but it's very unpopular. But I'll have to say Spakenburg in the cup when uh, Univar scored his penalty. Just the whole vibe in the stadium, it was different. Everybody thought this is the next big talent. Also, he reminded of Nuri a lot with his first goal in the cup. And for a cup game, that atmosphere was something else yeah i had a i had a uncle who was at that game and he sent me a video well not uncle it's my my dad's best friend but we yeah. always call him uncle um and he sent me a video and i was astonished you know in in almost no other uh country would you see a game against a semi-professional team have such an atmosphere amazing home fans did did Spakenburg have a lot of away fans for that game, or was yeah that... yeah a lot the whole away section full of Spakenburg fans? It's a really football crazy town, so just and they were all fair play. They clapped at the end. They didn't cause any problems, but it was just for a cup game. I was shocked. I was when I came in and it started. It felt like Champions League game, the atmosphere. So that was really special. Yeah, and um, and you know, obviously, this season um, hasn't been hasn't been up to uh, up to Ajax's par. 
But what are your what are your thoughts overall on uh, on the season and also on some of the recent results? It happens. It's part of being a football club, but it shouldn't have happened this way. Ten Hag and Overmars did a really good job in the last seven years. They left, but they also left a good system. And it just got ruined instantly by Van der Sar and the other people in the board. And it's just thrown away. We are Champions League and now it's either Conference League or Europa League. And financially, that's a big problem. If we don't get top two the next year, it, it's almost certainly a step back financially and for the next year is also on the page. Absolutely. Hold on. I got to pause this real quick because my okay. dog is barking like crazy. <laughs> yeah, and so, um, you know, obviously towards the end with uh, <laughs> sorry, with uh, with the new director, uh, director of football, do, do you think yeah. that do you think that it'll end up being a success or do you think that maybe uh you know the, a lot of dortmund fans were making comments uh i remember in the past about him as as a scout but not necessarily as a dof well i follow the bundesliga a lot and i think he did a good good job at stuttgart the players he got very talented, very cheap, sold them for much more college sheets at Wolves now, for example. So I trust Michelin Top, but I don't trust Van der Sar that he gave him the power he needs to make the right decisions. Uh, he needs to be able to appoint a new manager all by himself, not have Van der Sar influencing him. He needs to have all the power on the technical area. And I don't trust Van der Sar giving him that. Yeah, that's fair. And um, you know, who, uh, on on that sort of note, you know, how have you felt about uh, Heitinger this season? And um, uh, you know, maybe the idea of him coaching next season, or maybe the idea of having a new coach. What what are your thoughts on that? It's very difficult for Heitinga. I mean, he's not the problem, but he's also not the one to fix the problem. He's just not good enough. And it's not his fault Van der Sar chose him as interim coach, but he's just not the one. And he shouldn't be the one for next season. It should be another foreign coach. I would really like Boss, but that's not happening also because of Van der Sar. It needs to be an experienced foreign coach who knows how to fix situations like these and not Heitinga. He wasn't good at the under-19. He was, don't quote me on this, I read this on Twitter, but statistically he was the worst young Ajax manager ever. So he just, it shouldn't even be a question. He shouldn't be the coach of Ajax for a season. He can do all he tries right now, but it's not working now, so it won't work next season. Absolutely. And, um, you know, there are a lot of names that have been thrown out there for coach. Who who would you say, you know, in an ideal world, if not Bosch uh, uh, or Bosch, uh, who, 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 who else? 
with uh, well, with... in an ideal world, it's also always Pep Guardiola, but it, that's just not happening. So either for me, Adi Uter, ex Frankfurt in Gladbach, and uh, Ralf Hasenhutel just got sacked at the Southampton earlier this season. And those two also, they're both Austrian, so they have uh, both worked in Bundesliga, so they have a link with missing that, I think. Those are uh, Hasenhutel maybe not so realistic, but Ari Hütter should be a realistic good option. Yeah, and with um, with Hasenhutel, that would be fun because then we have um, two former Southampton, uh, yeah, uh, big influences in the club. Tadic. Yeah, Tadic and he did a good job as well there. It's not his fault they got relegated this season. So, yeah, it seemed like their board was mostly uh, just signing city youth players. So yeah, and the new trainer is doing anything better. And he he did a good job at uh, Leipzig when it just got promoted from the second Bundesliga. He got them second or third in their first season in the real Bundesliga. So he knows how to do it with attacking high pressure football like at the Red Bull clubs. So I think he should be a good fit. Just like Adi Hütter at Frankfurt. He played very attacking football with Haller at striker. Got him far in the Europa League. Attacking coach just should be a good fit. Yeah, I think Adi Hütter got signed by Crystal Palace. No, that was fake news. The owner of Crystal Palace oh, had serious? a statement on Twitter that it was he didn't even know him, never talked to him. Oh, that's, f- and that's interesting. So he's if it's right and the owner isn't lying, he should be available. I I hope he's available because he's a fantastic coach, and uh, and yeah, you know, speaking also of of prang, uh, uh, Premier League clubs. You know the the Champions League final uh, has has yeah. one of them, Manchester City playing against uh, Inter Milan. What are what are your thoughts on that matchup? Also, from an Ajax perspective, it should be a pretty easy win for City. A lot of people hate City. I want City to win this final just because of Pep Guardiola and the attacking football they play. When I watch City, I have fun, so I think they deserve to win it instead of Inter which are a very good, organized, structured team. So I I think they could give City a pretty hard time. But just looking at team quality, City should win this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think I agree that team quality-wise, City should win it. You never know with City, especially in the Champions League. Uh, I enter. Same with Inter, honestly, yeah. I mean, they're they're both yeah. teams that, you know, Inter have more history in the Champions League than, than, uh, than City. But I mean, City's squad is just they're just top to bottom. Yeah, top well, they to did. bottom. One of the best in arguably the history of the sport. One of the best. I mean, what it, they did to Madrid just two nights ago. It's the last time I've seen Madrid get bullied that way was by Ajax. But yeah, it's just 
not fair the squad they have Pep Guardiola the best manager in the world it they should they shouldn't be stoppable by anyone yeah and i mean with inter milan obviously that's not to diminish their squad uh, squad quality they're no. fantastic i mean but a, a team like city you know it's you you know what i mean and but, i think the listeners yeah. know what i mean too it is it is scary how good they are but um, on the other side we've seen what happens when city get pulled out of their style of play an opponent is annoying, just like with Atletico Madrid last year. They won, but it was one of the worst games I've ever seen. So I don't think they are completely hopeless at Inter. They, If they play their own game, they could make City really hard. Yeah, that's true. And if And if we've learned anything from these last few years of Manchester City in the Premier League, it's that in big games, they tend to overthink it a bit. So, I mean, you never know. But what 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 would be your score prediction? Um, one two for City. Yeah, I I, I think I'm gonna go three two for City. I think I think it that yeah, I think that Inter have the capability to score goals. But not at the same rate as as City, yes. uh, and yeah. Just looking at the past finals, last year one nil, year before one nil, the year before two nil. Yeah, correctly. The five Champions League final the goals, most of the time not a lot, but it's City. They have Haaland, De Bruyne, Phil Foden, Phil Foden on the bench. It's just yeah. When when a player like uh, Julian Alvarez is sitting on the bench or Phil Foden, I mean you gotta have some serious squad depth to constitute that, you know. Both would start for almost every club in the world, and at City they're on the bench. Absolutely. In some way, it's not fair, but then at the same time, Paris Saint Germain they're spending the same amount of money. And they're not doing as good of a job. So I also think there should be credits given to Manchester City. They scout the players well. Akanji was on the bench at Borussia Dortmund. And now he's one of the best playing centre-backs in the world. So just got to give him credits for the way they scout their players and play attacking football. Absolutely. And, you know, moving on to... We were talking about Inter. Moving on to another Italian club. Uh... As Roma is going to play against Sevilla yeah. in the Europa League final. The unstoppable go- coach versus the unstoppable team. Sevilla always win and Mourinho always wins. So that will be very interesting to see. But you saw it against Leverkusen. Zero shots on target. 28% possession. And they still won. It drew, but won overall. Mourinho, he's something else, and I don't think Sevilla will be able to stop him. He's just different, special one. Yeah, I mean, I think he's up there, arguably top three, maybe even top two managers of all time, depending on who you ask, you know? All time, at least top five. 
for me, I like more attacking managers, but the results he got, the trophies, it's he knows how to destroy the other team in a not a footballing way, but just take them out of the rhythm, don't give them chances, and score the only chance he gets. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I feel the same way where, you know, do, would would I want Mourinho to manage Ajax? Definitely not. But, no. but I mean, maybe maybe the Red Bulls someday when he's on, when he's like 80. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but well, you never know. But yeah, I mean, fantastic manager. And with Sevilla, you know, Ocampos is going crazy now. Yeah. Fantastic. He's starting as well. Gave an assist against United, right? I think so. Or did he score? One of those two, but it just shows how much of a system and a good coach is important to a player. To Ocampos, he looked he didn't really get a good chance at Ajax, but in the minutes he played against Go at Eagles at home. He looked terrible, but at Sevilla he's in a good system. Also playing on the wing, on the right wing where he got bought to play over here, and he's doing good. But we have Kudus at right wing, so not like we're missing him. But he's not a bad player. Absolutely true. Yeah, um, and. Uh... Yeah, I mean, what what would be your score prediction for this one? Zero zero, penalties as Roma. That's that's fair. I think classic. If if Roma win, it's gonna be on penalties. Uh, I think one one on and then Roma win on penalties is probably. My prediction, although I'm I'm it's, sort of doubting myself now because it's tough with Sevilla. You can never, you can never say, oh, they won't win the Europa League. But in like, the winter break, they were almost in the relegation zone in La Liga. When they played PSG, PSV, they were like seventeenth in La Liga, and they won. And now they're in the final. It's just with Spanish sides, especially, but with Sevilla. In the Europa League, in Europe, their mentality, their style of play, it's different. Absolutely. I think it's it's such a tough one to call. It's going to go to, it's going to go at least to extra time, I think. Yeah. And not a lot of goals. Definitely not a lot of goals. <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, and then... For the the final one of the finals, the Conference League final, uh, yeah. what, what are your thoughts on that one? Well, I don't really follow the teams that play in there a lot. In my opinion, Fiorentina versus West Ham. It's a fun final. It's teams you don't really see often in European finals, let alone like the final final. It's it, I will watch it over as Roma's Fuya, for example, because it's just something new. It's yes. not something I'm used to. But what to expect? The Premier League 
it's just if you look at the level, it's a different level. The physical play of West Ham first, I said, it it impressed me on the physical side. So if I would guess, I would say West Ham. But they're also not really doing good in the Premier League. Yeah, and you know, with Fiorentina, I think they they might be able to match West Ham's physicality enough to where it mitigates it a tad bit. I think it's going to be another one where it's very close. Yeah, for sure. I think, and it's going to have a wonderful atmosphere. I mean, it is going to be. The Fiorentina fans there, and also the West Ham fans, but the Fiorentina fans. Especially, they're amazing. But also with Fiorentina and West Ham, West Ham also didn't have it easy against us at two one at home, one zero zero in Alkmaar. But Fiorentina as well, they lost at home versus Lech Poznan and Basel, and they both won away. So they're both not really impressing a lot. So I don't have a clear favorite. Yeah, I mean that one. That one's. Almost as much of a coin toss as the Europa League final. Yeah, it's especially because I can't say I watched all the Conference League games, almost none. I'm pretty sure not a lot of people, if your team don't play in it, watch the Conference League for fun. When there's also Europa League, it, it's something new. Last year, final at home and it was a terrible final, but the fun result. So now something completely new. Two teams, I don't care who wins. It'll be fun to follow. Yeah, and you know, the West Ham uh, the West Ham fans, because there are actually a surprising amount in the US. Like Yeah. There are, in the US too. Yeah. Um uh, it's they I have friends who are West Ham fans and they're they're every day telling me that it's one of the greatest moments of their lives that they're finally in the European final. And so I think that that, this, this conference league, you know, a lot of people may talk negative about it. And like, I'll be the first to admit the only reason why I watch it is because um, I don't want to have to pay extra for Paramount plus. So, (laughs) so, uh, so I have to watch that alongside the Europa League. But I think that it's been one of the very few correct decisions that UEFA has yeah. made. Is that fair to say? Because, I mean, obviously, that's like a bit of a blanket. But I have only have one problem with the Conference League, and that's the coefficient points that they're the same as in the Champions League. Like... Winning a game, if Ajax win a game in the Champions League, it's the same amount of points as if Feyenoord beats some team from Bosnia in the Conference League. I think that should change. It was a positive for the Eredivisie and the Netherlands as a footballing country the last years. But now we move up on the ladder. We'll get two Champions League spots. We'll have less teams in the Conference League. Now Portugal will get those teams in the Conference League and Portuguese teams will just beat them and just like final go to the final and now then we'll drop again and then 
we're in the conference league again and we'll go over Portugal again and then we'll drop again and then Portugal will drop again. It's I feel like it will become a never ending cycle. So in my opinion they should change that. Yeah, I I think I agree. There needs to be some level of awaiting to coefficients. Also for country coefficients. You know? Yeah. Cause club coefficients obviously determine a lot more than country ones. But when you're looking at a country coefficient and you see a team that didn't win the World Cup up there for two years, Belgium. three years in a row, you're Belgium. kind of like questioning the whole system because, I mean, there's no way that a team that, you know, consistently, I mean, yeah, it's, it's country coefficients and club coefficients are weird. That's that's no, but <laughs> countries are way more weird. When Belgium has been the number one on the coefficient list of FIFA for like four years, Sorry. and they have never even reached the final. It's it's a joke. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, hopefully they do something to fix it. They probably yes. won't, but. I mean, listen, that's that's how it is sometimes. So <laughs> that's the UEFA, that's the FIFA money rules. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, no problem. And yeah, for for all those listening, thank you for listening in. Hope you have a fantastic day, night, afternoon, whatever you're having. And uh, I'll see you next time. <laughs>